On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we are reviewing last week's Man vs. Model Challenge. Spoiler alert, the man still has a narrow lead on the model, but this week the model reveals that the actual model is ready to go. He's got his data. The model is live, churning out winners. So you're going to want to see if Aaron can actually gain some ground on me or if the man maintains his lead. And then in the second segment, we welcome back Coulter. We're talking NF. We're recapping week two picks and we're looking ahead to week three. Coulter had a monster week, as did Aaron. The man eh, didn't fare so well, but week three is a new week. We got Daniel Jones, so stick around for episode 49 of Double Down Trend. Double Down Trend, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent. Let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right. Welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, game, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host as always. Once again, I am joined by my co-host Aaron, a.k.a. The Model. Now, Air, the model is actually up and running. How are you feeling now that you've got the support of the model? I, I feel like I have a crutch, and it's a much-needed one, because if I'm going to make any headway in these standings for this competition we're doing, I'm going to need to break late, my friend. Yeah, and that's a signature. Okay, that's a, that's a double-down Trent signature. We break late. Everybody knows it. So now that you've got the data, I think you're in a good shape here. So um, a lot to do here. But before we jump in, before we discuss our results, the standings, how I'm still beating you, let's uh, do a little housekeeping here. <laughs> yeah. So plugging the podcast, as always, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen. We're on social media. Check out uh, us on Twitter at Double Down Corp or on Instagram at Double Down Trent. Have you put up anything on either of those recently? You know, on Twitter, we're active. We're a little slacking on Instagram. We got to pick up our game. If we hear from the listeners that you want some Instagram content, we'll do that. But we're, we're a little slacking on there. We're not there yet. Okay. Yeah. And then we, we have a website. Come check it out. It's doubledowntrent.com. That's where you can join our football competition, make some picks, and see what we have going on. Yep. So that's the best spot to find us. Like we always say, go to doubledowntrent.com. You can make your picks. You can listen to the podcast. Um as the model said, we are engaging with our listeners a little more on Twitter, so that's probably going to be your best bet. Um, now, Mr. Model, now before we do get into the content, I just have a message that I had to relay from one of our active <laughs> participants, one of our active listeners who's doing pretty well in pick contest. Her yeah. name is Luann, <laughs> Luann <laughs> a.k.a. my mother, Luann. Now, she noticed that you are – in the NFL picks league that we are going to talk about in our second segment tonight. Yeah. And she noticed that you came in second place out of, I think that's, 27 entries. That's right. Yeah. Good job by you. Thank uh, you. Luann though, <laughs> she interpreted it a little differently. So <laughs> this is a direct quote from my mother. I want to just make that clear. <laughs> Tell Aaron it looks like he is better at picking the NFL than he is at college. Now, for a mom, that's a burn. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, <laughs> just because she thinks she's so hot shit that she's <laughs> nine and six overall in the standings for this college football where she's tied for second. It's early, baby. It's, yeah. This is this isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sprint 100 yards and get tired. I'm going to be crossing that finish line first and looking behind me and not seeing anyone. I'm not going to be seeing you. I'm not going to be seeing Luann. I'm not going to be seeing anyone. Okay? This is a marathon. Oh. Let's just keep that in mind. <laughs> okay. All right. We have drawn the line in the sand, and that is it. So uh, there it is, folks. We've been talking some shit. Uh, but like like the model said, he now has the data behind him. So we're going to be very interested to see what happens here moving forward. Uh, let's go ahead, though, Air. Let's review uh, our picks from last week as well as the listeners' standings. Yep, so we'll do the picks first. We had five games last week. Uh, and not a great slate of games, but that's where we were. The first game that we had was Hawaii at Washington. Um, you and I had both taken 
Hawaii, plus 21. The game started out not close at all. Hawaii came back and was yep. covering for a little bit, and then Washington ended up pulling away. So both you and I lost. Washington ended up covering minus 21 there. The second game was just an abysmal one because of some, some storm and some weather that was coming through. Iowa State was playing Iowa. I think they had a three- or four-hour delay after the game started. Yeah. Uh, long story short, Iowa State covered this one. I think by what they won, they lost by a they point. They lost by a point, and the spread was one and a half, yeah. One and a half. So uh, I'm glad Iowa won. That's a team that I've just been rooting for. and need them to keep their spirits up, but didn't cover for me, so that was hard. I lost. You won. The third game that we had was Kentucky against Florida. This one, yeah, this one was tough. This was a tough pill to swallow. You and I both had taken Florida minus eight and a half. And lo and behold, they lose. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say they lose. They cover. They, cover. they yeah. win, but they didn't cover. And they had a, you know, a serious injury with Felipe Franks going out for the year. Yeah. So I was down on them. And I mentioned this last week on the podcast. I was down on Florida, but I just didn't see a way that Kentucky would cover that game. Well, here we are in a situation where Kentucky does cover that game. So I've got a couple of teams that are on my absolute done do not touch list. Guess what? Florida has now been put on that list. See you later, Florida. I don't want to hear your name. I don't want to see a fucking Gator for the rest of the season. Mental note, I am bringing them back as quickly as possible (laughs) when they have another good game. Uh, our fourth game of the week, we had Syracuse was home plus 26 against Clemson. Clemson, a huge favorite. You and I both took them and they ended up covering. Uh, that was fantastic. Yep. And then finally, uh, one of the better games of the week, Central Florida played Stanford. This game was not close much of the way. I had taken Central Florida minus seven. You had taken Stanford plus seven. I ended up pulling out the win there. Uh, you took Stanford and you got the loss. So where did this leave us? I ended up two and three. You also ended up two and three. So in our listener standings, here is where we are at. In first place, we have JoJo with 10 wins and five losses. Good for 67% accuracy. He is leading the competition. Tied for second, we have Luann and Shep Dog both at 60% accuracy, so hovering pretty close. And In real f- quick, I just sure. want to give a shout-out. So, Shep Dog, thank you for playing. Thank you for listening. We uh, heard you're really into gambling. Uh, would love to have you on as a guest picker, so we can coordinate that, have you come on. We can do a little college game day segment, have Shep Dog on and make some picks with us. So, thanks for playing. Love that. Uh, in fourth place, you are you are there, my man. You are there at 59%, so just behind Luann and Shep Dog. 59% accuracy. In fifth place, we have a tie, your nice fiance, and Lenny. So AK and Lenny, they're at 53% accuracy. Seventh place, another tie, the model, me, and Colorado Rocky tied both at 47% accuracy. Then we have in ninth, another tie, little model and the legend, 41% accuracy. And then we have the rest. So I'm not going to even go into it. Graham, 40%, <laughs> dumb man, 30 Dumb man, 35%, Deke Buff, and Mrs. Model, both at 29%, bringing up the rear. So we have 14 listeners uh, in this competition right now, which is great. Yeah, and for everyone who's trailing behind, guess what? You can make some picks, you can recover, you can bounce back, and you can jump right into the foray here. Uh, That's gambling, folks. It's up and down. But, you know, when you're myself, when you're the man, and you've got 10 wins, and you're picking at almost 60%, that's how you do it, baby. That's how you stay consistent. I jumped out to a hot start. Been struggling through some uh, average weeks here, but we are making a bounce back this week, my friend. Yeah, and two kudos to the listeners. So JoJo, who's in first, ended up going 4-1 and one last week, as did AK. So they both are doing well. Uh, AK had a down week the week before, and now she's back. So we'll see if we can put it all together and see how it goes this coming week. Yeah, you know, this apartment, we are hot, okay? I rubbed off. I gave AK all my good juju. I had her make some good picks. And look at where we are right now. Well, I hope you're ready for a big week because we have a fantastic slate of games this week. You ready for this? Oh, let's do it, man. We had a down week of games last week, but we are back. What a slate of games. We're back. All right. So in the first game that we're going to go over, we have the home team. Wisconsin is favored minus three and a half against Michigan plus three and a half. Who are you taking? Are you going with the Badgers? Are you taking the Wolverines? Okay. I've talked about this team a few times on this podcast, the Michigan Wolverines. 
They looked like shit at home against Army. They were terrible, okay? I have no confidence in Jim Harbaugh whatsoever. I don't think their offense is good. I think Shea Patterson is bad. And this is about the time of the year when Wisconsin starts to make their run. It happens every year. They're always in the competition in the Big Ten, whether they're in the Big Ten championship game or fighting for a spot. They are always there. That's a tough place to play, Madison. And I have no confidence at all in Michigan. Give me the home team covering the three and a half. I'm on the Badgers, baby. Wow. Wow. Oh, you disagree. I disagree. Oh. And, and it may or may not be, be because I'm biased. So um, because Michigan has only played two games so far, I do not have the model to back me up on them yet. Uh, once they play three games, then that can come in. So you'll hear from me more about that next week. Here's my rationale for this. Give it so to me. In, in the look ahead lines, which is at the start of the season when this game was actually put out as to what would the spread be, Michigan was favored by, depending on where you looked, about six points. Now, given the performance after the first couple weeks of the season, it's switched from Michigan minus six to Michigan plus three and a half. And that's all been without, you know, any injuries on Michigan side. It's not like they've lost someone that would have affected that line. So to me, that's just, that's a huge jump. That's almost like a nine point jump from minus six to plus three and a half. And that just seems too big. So I'm going to tell myself that Josh Gaddis, old Wake Forest grad, now the offensive coordinator at Michigan can figure out what the hell is going on and try to put together a better performance than what we've seen at, uh, from them with army. And I would like to think that Michigan is going to not only cover, but win this game. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Do you want to know why that line has changed so much? I can tell you. (laughs) I'm scared to ask. I'll tell you why. Because Michigan sucks. They are so bad. They're terrible on offense. They're terrible on defense. They suck. I just don't see any way they hang with them. That's why that line changed. (laughs) Well, understood. I will be texting you on Saturday when this game is going on then. I sure hope Michigan comes through. Oh, baby. All right. Next game, also one of the best games of the weekend. Uh, Georgia is home against Notre Dame. Georgia is a pretty big favorite here. Georgia is a 13 and a half point favorite. Notre Dame plus 13 and a half. Are you going with the Bulldogs like your fiance would want? Or are you going to go with the Irish like your I don't know. Do you have some Irish blood in there, my Italian friend? Yeah, a little bit. But I have said this before again, as I have now been adopted by the Georgia Bulldog family. Okay, I am now I might as well be an alum. They might as well give me an honorary degree from the University of Georgia. Uh, I this is going to be a really good game. I know it's been hyped up. It's been talked about as like one of the marquee matchups of the season. But you can see this spread is huge. Notre Dame is a 13 and a half point dog here. And. I just I don't think that they're a good team. I, I agree with Vegas here. That line is huge for a reason. Notre Dame is overrated. They just do not have the firepower to keep up with Georgia. And I know Georgia kind of started off a little slow uh, earlier in the year. They didn't look too impressive until last week. They had a giant blowout victory. Um, I, I just I, I can't see any way that, that Notre Dame keeps this game close. Call it a bias against Notre Dame, but I just don't think they're good. Uh, I don't think Brian Kelly is that good of a good coach. I'm all on board. Give me the from train, baby. Georgia covering 13 and a half. Yep. And I'm right there with you because uh, Notre Dame has only played two games uh, this year, Louisville and New Mexico. Um, I do not have the model for this game either. So I'm going based on gut. I'm on board. I'm taking Georgia uh, minus 13 and a half. I was surprised with how well the Louisville offense played against Notre Dame. I'm moving the ball pretty well and scoring 17 points. I think Georgia is going to be even better, obviously. Yeah. So I think they're going to come in and come in and do some good things. I see them covering. Uh, I'm going to be rooting for the Bulldogs in this one. So go Georgia. Go dogs. Next one. We have a, a great game. So Texas A&M is home against Auburn SEC foes, Texas, Texas A&M, even though they already have a loss this year, they are slightly favored. They're favored by four. And Auburn is plus four. Who are you taking for this? Are you going with the freshman quarterback from Auburn, Knicks, or are you going with Texas A&M home? Yeah, and when I look at this line, it's surprising to me. And I, and I know Texas A&M is the home team here. And generally, the rule of thumb here is is a home team gets about three points in the spread just for being at home. 
something is wrong with this. I, you know, I mentioned it earlier that I don't think Texas A&M is that good this year. And they kind of proved it to me by getting that bad loss. Well, not a bad loss, but losing to Clemson. Auburn, though, they're eighth ranked in the country. They're high ranked. They're, they've had some better wins. I'm taking Auburn with the points here. Bo Nix really good. They had that really impressive win against Oregon on a neutral field. I just think they keep it rolling here. And, you know, A&M just they're not quite the same program that they they think they are, quite frankly. So I'm taking Auburn, man. Yeah, I, I like that pick. So I've gone back and forth. But once my model came through, this is one of the data points that I use. So the model is predicting that Texas A&M is going to lose by less than a touchdown, right around six points. So therefore, uh, if you give me Auburn plus four, plus we think the model's saying that Auburn's going to maybe eke out a win here, I'm going to go ahead and ride that and ride that hard. So I'm going to be taking Auburn plus four, even though Texas A&M is home, they'll have the crowd. I'm hopeful that Knicks will come through. I think this will be one of the toughest environments that he'll play in. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see if they can get a cover here and even a win. I know yeah. my uh, my buddy will not like that uh, if A&M goes down yet again. <laughs> I mean, there's something about that team, though. And I know they're in the SEC. I know they're a top 15 team. I just I, I, I'm down on them. And I think Auburn's the better team here. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they get an outright win. Yep. All right. Our fourth game of the week, we have Texas is home against Oklahoma State. This game is also likely to be close and high scoring. Texas is favored by seven. Oklahoma State is plus seven. Who <laughs> are you going with, my man? You jumping on the Longhorn train again? I see you're you're laughing, and I can hear the, the <laughs> chuckles. And let me explain from what I think the reason that you're laughing is. I love these. I just love them. I fucking hate Texas. Okay. Last year I picked them to win and cover all the time. I was all on board in Texas and they kept screwing me. Every time I was taking them to cover the points, they got killed. Every time they were the favorite, I bet against them. They beat me. I can't get a read on Texas. They are on my done list, especially after getting absolutely thrashed at home by LSU. I know LSU is a really good team, so maybe I'm reading too much into this, but like you said, Mr. Model, this is going to be a high scoring game. Both these teams can put up points. Oklahoma State always puts up points. The Big 12 plays no defense. If that's the case and I'm getting a touchdown, I'm taking Oklahoma State, baby. Give me those points. Before I tell you who, I, who I'm going to pick, give me a guess as to what you think the over-under for this game is. Oh, my God. This has got to be 72 and a half. Oh, that's at some books. That's dead on. That's exactly right. Really? 72 and a half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So what is that? I mean, if we're thinking that it's going to be around, like they're thinking it's going to be like 38, 32, kind of something like that. 38, 34, like, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be, they're expecting this to be super high scoring. That's just going to be insane. I mean, I got the over in that too, to be honest with you. Look look at the LSU, Oklahoma or LSU, Texas game. Those guys put up 40 something points each, man. I would like to see some defense in that game. Brutal. Yeah. Okay. All right. I am going exactly opposite of you. I had initially penciled in Oklahoma state, but I am taking Texas. Wow. The Longhorns are going to be my go-to. This is purely model based as well, because I am not a huge Texas fan. And at any point I can pick against them. I will, but my model is spitting out that this is going to be a Texas win by 11 points. So it's close to the six and a half that we are betting or uh, going against with the spread that we have here. But I'm going to take them uh, Texas minus six and a half. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Minus seven. Um, Even though, uh, you know, it's going to be close. So we'll see if Texas can pull out a win here and and at least beat it more than more than seven. I know the rule here is you got to pick with the model. But, man, historically, the team is us on every pick we've made. Now, hold on. So we, we have updated the rules this year that I can go against <laughs> the model if I want to veto what I'm seeing there. So it's purely a data point. Now, so far, I've gone and abided by the model of everything I'm seeing. But for this next pick, that might change. Oh, all right. I got to say, if I lose this competition to you because of this, I am not going to be happy, my friend. <laughs> OK, I don't I, have Coco back here crunching some numbers. Uh, right? <laughs> She's just laying Understood. on the bed like a lazy dog. Understood. Well, <laughs> I'll just tell you, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I'm still okay. uncomfortable with the model. Some of the numbers that I'm seeing just seem wildly off to me, and we'll talk about it, but uh, I'm not sure it's going to help me or hurt me, so we'll, we'll see. All right, in our last, game. our last game, we are going uh, BYU is home, a slight underdog 
at plus six and a half. They are playing Washington, who is minus six and a half. Washington coming off a pretty good win uh, against Hawaii. BYU coming off of a great win. They just eked out past Southern Cal. Um, I'm not sure they should have won that game, but they pulled yeah. it out. Who are you taking? Are you taking Washington, Pac-12, minus six and a half, or the independent BYU, plus six and a half? Yeah, both these teams showed me something last week. Uh, and usually, if anyone's picked up on some trends that I like to to bet with, uh, I like to take a good home dog. And six and a half is a lot of points. Uh, and I think BYU's got the offense to to compete here. But I got to be honest, last week, Washington showed me something. They put up a ton of points. They shut down, for the most part, a really electric Hawaii offense. Uh, I just think they're they're a really good team. Peterson's a good coach. Uh, I'm taking Washington minus six and a half here. I think this is going to be a really close game. I wouldn't be shocked if BYU covers this one. Um, but based on what I saw last week, Washington's offense is really strong. I like them cover the six and a half. I'm with you. I'm on board. And I'm I'm on board with heart only. So uh, <laughs> I'm also taking Washington minus six and a half. But this is the first time where it's going to my model is going to disagree and I'm just going to overrule it. And this is what makes me nervous. So the model has that this is actually going to be a BYU win. And I don't for the like for I'll, I'll be honest, for the two hours prior to this podcast, I was kind of poking around to see what bugs were in my code that was leading Uh-oh. the model to spit out some garbage like this because I just don't see it happening. But I'm not going to give you the exact number, but the the model is alluding to over a two touchdown win from BYU in this game. All wow. right. Well, what's going to let me just ask you a little hypothetical here. What happens if that exact scenario happens and BYU wins by 16 points? I would want to see that happen across a number of other scenarios before I started trusting it. Okay. But but to me, I'm seeing this in a couple other games too, which we'll talk about in a bit. But I just don't trust what I'm seeing, and I'm I can't put my finger on what may be off, if anything. Um, so so far, this is just going to be to me a game that um, I'm actually just going to stay away from because I don't trust what I'm seeing, and my gut is telling me that I should take Washington minus six and a half. So uh, that's where I'm going for this competition. Okay. Well, those are our picks for for the segment. So uh, let's jump into this here. You alluded to it. You're not quite confident on what the model spit out so you're seeing some irregularities without going into too much detail on the model and and where you're you know how you're arriving at these numbers why do you think that there is a little bit of uh disparity with what you think and what you think the model should be saying you know i have no idea you know there's a ton of inputs and I, what i ended up doing before we I came on air i just for my own sanity i was checking to see i thought some of those inputs may have gotten messed up and that they were off and, you know, certain teams were being associated with the wrong previous statistics, thereby giving me a wrong prediction. But everything's looking to be correct so far. So I, I can't figure out what the hell is going on and why the model is kind of spitting out what it's what it's seeing when I don't kind of see that at all. Um, Do you think it's just because of where we are in the season that it doesn't have a ton of data points to go on? Well, it, the way the way it works is that my model is is based on you know long term history in terms of like ELO rankings and then averages over the fir- the prior three weeks. So given that this is week four in college football and most teams have played three games already, I can use it and I should feel comfortable in that it should be coming to me with something accurate. Now my what I'm hypothesizing on is that because it's so early in the season and the way I kind of refresh my ELO rankings year over year, I'm wondering if my refreshment process might be kind of overcorrecting and bringing someone like a, I don't know, like a BYU or someone kind of higher than maybe what they should be. And thereby kind of thinking that they're going to be better uh, playing at Washington than really what they are. And just thus impacting my uh, predictions for them. But I'm not sure I have, I actually haven't kind of poked through that yet, but that's kind of what my gut is telling me right now. Um, Okay. Well, that's fair, but on the flip side of that, you do have some games where the model has given you some really confident feelings, right? So you've put down some bets on some games. So let's let the listeners know uh, what games you're you're high on and some recommendations maybe for the listeners if you want to throw down some boxes of ZD. Yeah, boxes of ZD. <laughs> God, I, I love me some ZD. All right. So the, fir- the first one that is model-based that I really like is uh, the home team Ohio is playing Louisiana Lafayette. And I know this is a game that you've been talking about for a oh, couple weeks now. I've had it circled on my calendar. <laughs> it's been one of those marquee matchups that you just read about. 
So Ohio Bobcat football is one of the uh, pre- better teams from the Mac. They have, uh, they're coming off of their one and two. They had beaten Rhode Island in week one. They had lost to a, a okay pit team in week two. And then they had lost to a Marshall team. Who's actually pretty good this year in week three. Um, I like them in this spot here. So the model has them as um, so the game, just so you know, the spread that I'm seeing right now is right around minus three or minus three and a half. Ohio slightly favored. Okay. The model has them winning by uh, more than two touchdowns here. Ooh. So I'm expecting Ohio to, to, to win this and win this by more than 14. So I have a bet in, I got Ohio at minus 10, uh, minus 110 at minus three. So we'll see if that one comes through as my first bet of the week. Love it. Money line and spread. All right. That's a big gap. Any other ones? Uh, the only other one that I'll share goes against my model, and this will be a good example of me just getting nervous. This will be the other one, and this is uh, coming from gut. I took Utah, which is this is a game tomorrow playing played on a Friday night, so it's getting played tomorrow night. They're they're playing at USC. I took Utah at minus three and a half. Utah slightly favored. Um, and my model is telling me something the exact opposite. So my model is telling me that Utah is going to win this game by six points. Um, so it's actually telling me that I'm on the wrong team. And I, if anything, I should have taken USC plus three and a half. Now, I don't think that's incorporating, you Wait, know, why, I know. Why is that? If you got, if you got plus or minus six for Utah to win, right? So my model is telling me that USC is going to win by six. Oh, USC. Okay. I th- I, I yeah. Th- okay. Yeah. yeah I USC got you. win by six. And I'm taking Utah minus three and a half, which I'm saying Utah is going to win by more than four points. Okay. Now, does this have any impact on our season long bet, our futures bet for Utah to win the Pac-12? Oh, you're damn right it does. <laughs> so this is probably one of the biggest games of the year because if they win this game, then they're in the driver's seat for the Pac-12. What's it? Pac-12 West? Yeah. Pac- no, so no, no, no. Pac, yeah, what, West. Whatever that, whatever the division they're in. We picked them to the win Pac-12. the entire Pac-12, though, didn't we? We picked them to win the Pac-12, but in order to get to the conference yeah. final, they need to win their division. Yeah. And USC is likely going to be the the strongest opponent. Maybe Arizona State, you could talk me into, but I think this is going to be one of the biggest games of the year that impacts that outcome. So we should be rooting hard for Utah, and maybe my bet is a little biased in that I actually, I need them to come through in this in this out game as well. All right, that's fair. Now, the last one I want to check in with you was a futures bet that we made on our own because you had picked Iowa to win the Big Ten West. And then we made a side bet that Iowa would win four specific games. They already beat Rutgers. When are they playing Purdue? When's the next game in our our little battle here? Do we know? That's a great question. I'm pretty sure it's not happening this week. So, so let the listeners know, we uh, we made a side bet because the model picked Iowa to win the Big Ten West. And as part of that research, the model said they're playing, Iowa is playing Rutgers, Purdue, Minnesota, and Illinois. And the model just assumed that those are all going to be wins. And I was like, eh, I did a Corso. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> so you gave me some odds. We talked about it. But obviously, Iowa has already beaten Rutgers. They've got Purdue, Minnesota, and Illinois left on the schedule when can we expect some updates on that? When are they playing Purdue? Yep. So Iowa is off this week after their win at Iowa State. They don't play again until the 28th when they play Middle Tennessee. The next game that impacts what you just talked about is Purdue. So they're playing Purdue on October 19th. So we have we are over a month away uh, before that happens. And then uh, they have those kind of in quick succession. So they have Purdue first. Then they have Minnesota in uh, mid-November and then Illinois in late November. So those would be the three that we're talking about. All right, folks, you heard it here. Circle your calendars. Get those games ready. Um, all right, we gave you guys our picks for this week in our challenge. Go to DoubleDownTrent.com. Make your picks. Play along. If you are so inclined to gamble, we gave you a couple of games that we kind of like as well. So go ahead and uh, bet as you see fit. And stick around. We've got another good segment coming up. We are doing our NFL picks uh, once again. So we're in week three in the NFL. We're going to welcome on Coulter for that one. So stick around for that. Mr. Model, excellent segment here. Good luck to you. And I hope that I still have the lead when we record next week. We'll see how it goes. change you know uh you know there's no no other option but just to handle it and uh do my job support uh support my teammates support the giants and you know do what i you know can do to try to help uh 
uh, you know, go into football games. And, and right now that's, uh, you know, getting Daniel and helping him and, and uh, supporting him. My sentiments are totally with Eli Manning. I love the kid. He's a, he's a class act. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. Um, you know, he is the, the finest, most humblest young man in that locker room. Uh, that's all. I mean, I haven't followed the Giants. I, I know it's a disappointing year, but uh, uh, my thoughts are strictly with Eli. All right. For our next segment, we are covering the NFL. If we have any new listeners joining us, uh, myself and Coulter and the model, we are making two picks per week. We've joined an NFL league, uh, and we are reviewing our picks. We're making new picks. So first of all, Coulter, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much again for having me. I love picking the NFL. Last week was a, a fun one, a historic week for me. I'll never do that again for sure. It was fun. Yep. To so let's let the listeners know what happened. So in the league that we are in, the man myself shit the bed. I got <laughs> right. just horrible. But in first place and second place were Coulter and the model. Coulter got 14 right. The model got 13. Gentlemen, unbelievable job by you guys. I'd just like to say cheers to Coulter, and I'm coming for him. I can't believe he did it last week. If I can have anything like that ever again, I'll be happy. Yeah, it was the experience of a lifetime. I mean, I think me and the model both went perfect in the 4 o'clock slate, which was quite something else. I don't think I've ever gotten – I've ever been undefeated during a slate of NFL games. So being 5-0 and late was nice. Yeah, and I know we're not going to go too much into our league that we're in, but you guys are set up now beautifully. All you got to do is just be consistent, and I know that's not easy, but you guys have set yourself up well. So, hey, winner, winner, chicken dinner, Coulter. Yeah, you know, I I, I didn't get it right on the pod last week, uh, but I got it right where it matters the most in the pool. I misfired. I picked the Chargers on the podcast last Tuesday, but switched it to the Lions before kickoff. And I guess I have a flair for the dramatics in choosing that, that late <laughs> switch. But the reasoning was simple. A- L.A. team on the road getting way too many points, too many injuries, the most depleted roster in the NFL. Derwin James, Hunter Henry, Gordon, Russell Okun, the list goes on and on for the Chargers. I don't take the chargers is my advice to anybody. That's my public service announcement for the week. So. Yep. So we're going to review our picks and we're going to do this week's picks as well. But first we got some uh, really key pressing news in the NFL. A few things that hit close to home. Let's start with the announcement that the New York football giants are moving away from Eli Manning. The Daniel Jones era has begun. Obviously as the resident New York giants fan on this podcast, I have a lot of thoughts I want to kick it over to you guys first because I need to compose myself before I can address this. So Coulter, take it away, man. What do you think about this? Well, I think it presents a nice, interesting opportunity for the Giants, which we kind of previewed in the preseason where Jones comes in and all of a sudden this is a team that looked so dead on Sunday against the Bills, one of the least watchable games of the week. And all of a sudden they have light and, you know, Jones might not be great this year, but man, if he's anything better than Eli Manning, who knows what this team can be. Probably be six win football team as the preseason number was. So that's more than they have right now. That means they're going to end up going six and eight in the last 14 games. As a Giants fan, you got to be able to take that, right? Yeah. Model, what do you make on this? I don't think there's any chance they go six and eight over the last 14. <laughs> I uh, I would like to you know see them crash and burn and burn hard just so I could stick it to you week in and week out. Wow. We're getting that personal that quick. All right. All right. <laughs> I guess the data doesn't show it. Um, I know we're on a podcast, so referring to things that you may see is not going to help our listeners. But Coulter and Aaron can see behind me in my podcast studio, a.k.a. my guest bedroom. I have a framed Super Bowl picture of Eli on the famous helmet catch, escaping the grasps of multiple Patriots, spinning out, using his athleticism and his agility and his speed and throwing the ball downfield to David Tyree. So... I mean, it's it's tough as a Giants fan because Eli is so controversial, not controversial. He's just so he's a lightning rod for controversy because so many people like myself, like Giants fans are just thrilled that we had him. He's won two Super Bowls. On the flip side of that, you have everyone else who's not a Giants fan who's just saying Eli is the most average quarterback who's ever played. His record is officially 116 and 116, literally 500 for his entire career. I mean, I've had a lot of memories for me. I've been saying it's been time for them to move on from Eli for at least the past two years. But 
if you're being honest, if you look back at the Giants, this is the sixth year out of last seven where they've started 0-2. They've been bad. Eli's been bad. And like you said, Coulter, it's just it's a little bit of an excitement for a team that had no excitement. And if Eli finished this year out, it was going to be a dreadful year. So in that regards, I'm excited about it. And as a Giants fan that I'm sure cares about Eli's legacy and Hall of Fame candidacy, you want to see him with that 116 and 116, because once it dips below that 500 line, those two Super Bowls that are going to get him into the Hall of Fame, I think he's unquestionably a Hall of Famer. But once it goes under 500, those two Super Bowl wins start looking more and more, not fluky, but people start looking at him and say, you know, is was he as good as he was during those Super Bowls? So it's good that he ends it now, and it's really good for the franchise, because as you said, it's been five years of just really bad yeah. football and that defense is atrocious too. So it's not helping his uh, legacy at all, sticking him out there every Sunday because people are tired of him and it's not totally his fault. The, the worst unit on the field is definitely that defensive. Unit. Yeah. I mean, it's not on Eli entirely that they're owing to this year, just like the past couple of years are not entirely on Eli, but you know, he's, he's the guy helping. that stands out. Yeah. And he's not, he's not helping that cause. I think if he came out in these, those first two games and, put up incredible numbers and the offense was throwing up a ton of points, you know, they probably would still be starting him. So that obviously didn't happen. And now we find ourselves in such a bizarre because you guys heard I was on a podcast. I couldn't believe the giants took Jan- Daniel Jones at number six. Yeah. For me, it's the value of that pick. We've covered this. It's, it's the, where they picked him, but Hey, I've done a 180, and I, ha- I feel like I have to as a giants fan, right? Like I have no choice at this point. He looked good in the preseason. I mean, I, I I can't be wrong about this, right? There's got to be some excitement that he's starting. Yeah, no, I mean, you've got to be excited. This is the perfect spot to Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston. Somehow they're a seven point dog. It's or a six point and a half point dog. You got to love the situation here with Daniel Jones because it's going to be a shootout. The weather's going to be warm. He's going to be able to throw a few TDs and get some confidence. And even if they don't win the game, I think his stat line will look better than Eli's has in the past couple of weeks. And that's what the Giants fans are going to want to yeah. see. I totally agree. And, you know, watching Pat Shermer's offense for the past year and these two games this year, you know, Eli just he was not a good fit for that offense. It's a lot of bootlegs. It's a lot of play action. It's a lot of being able to move. And Eli just couldn't do that. And even being able to buy time in the pocket, like we see it so much with guys like Aaron Rodgers. Like I wouldn't necessarily say Aaron Rodgers is a is a mobile quarterback, but he can buy time and he can actually extend the play. He can run for five to eight yards. And that's what I'm hoping Daniel Jones can do because defenses are faster now than when Eli first came into the league. And if you can't extend the play, you have no chance in this league. And I think Daniel Jones gives us a little bit of that. So I'm at least excited for it. As far as Eli goes, I think you're right. He's a Hall of Famer. I don't think there's any way he's not in the Hall of Fame. Those two Super Bowls are just going to do it. And when you look at his numbers, he's top 10 all time in touchdowns. He's top 10 all time in yards. I mean, you can say he's played for 15 but I think that's gonna be a, a, you know, an argument in his favor. The guy was healthy as a quarterback for 15 straight years. Yeah, I mean, it's also just this simple too. He's the best Giants quarterback of all time, and they're one of the five best franchises yeah. in the league. So, I mean, how can you not have the Giants' best quarterback in the Hall of Fame? It's I agree. It's a non, Mr. Model. It's a non-argument. Mr. Model, do you have Eli as a Hall of Famer? <laughs> Mr. Model shaking his head. <laughs> I no, no, I sure don't. No, I'm like what? no. Absolutely not. No, I'm still not convinced he's even good. I feel like he got uh, lucky a couple of years to even make it to the Super Bowl and actually win. I'm like, no, I don't think he's anywhere close to the Hall of Fame. Oh, man, that's a hot take. Listen, I can see one Super Bowl. You can get a little lucky. You can't do it twice. And you can't do it twice when you've beaten Tom Brady and the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's that is not a fluke, man. I don't know. You know, Something about me. Uh, the, I don't know why I thought about this, but me calling to you and you just jumping in here is like uh, the deal or no deal. You're like the banker. You're up in that mysterious booth. You're just crunching some data. You're like, no, he's not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> I think the real test is actually going to come with Daniel Jones to measure Eli's legacy, which will, I mean, it'll be determined before Jones's career is over, whether Eli gets in the Hall of Fame. But over 15 years, how many Super Bowls can Daniel Jones bring to New York? And I think that's the litmus test for Eli Manning. If it's one or less than one, how can you not say Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer? Two in a 15-year career is worthy of the Hall of Fame. I agree. The interceptions, the fumbles, the losing recently are all reasons for him not to go in. But the Super Bowl victories trump everything. Yeah. And my last closing statements, I think a lot of Giants fans are you know, clamoring for Eli to be gone. They're calling for Daniel Jones. And I get it. 
But I do think there's going to come to a point where we've taken for granted the fact that we've had Eli. And yes, he's been an average quarterback the last five to seven years. But during his peak, man, when he was under center, he gave the Giants a chance to win. And that's something that you can't say for every quarterback. Just look around the league right now. There are some shitty quarterbacks out there. I was going to say that's a great segue to our uh, second point, which is Luke Falk leading the Jets into Foxborough and uh, Josh Rosen leading the Dolphins into Dallas. uh, Exactly. Historic underdogs, bad quarterbacks against great teams this week. Yeah. So the other thing that we are looking at this week in the NFL is there, there are two games where the spread is just astronomical. So we have got the New York Jets going up to Foxborough to play the Patriots. The Patriots are a 22 and a half point favorite. And then there's a second game where the Miami Dolphins are going to Dallas and Dallas is a 21 and a half point favorite. Those are monster numbers. Now, Mr. Model, I want to put a little context here. Those are huge spreads. Okay. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Are you going to recommend picking the spread to cover these numbers? Uh, I am. I'm actually taking both of them this week. I'm taking, oh, I'm taking the points. I think my, I'm, I'm simply hoping that we're going to go one and one here and just kind of not really make it a big sweat. I'd be happy with hitting one and missing one. But to me, if it's that many points, I know this is very rare in the NFL and I'm happy to take those points and just let it ride. Coulter, what and, do you think? Oh, I'm taking the points in both situations and I agree. I'm not going to get greedy. I'm more than happy to go one and one, but man, I think these are both winning dogs and let's break it down real quick. Jason Garrett is getting three touchdowns as a favorite as a coach. Give me the other coach and the three touchdowns. I don't care how bad <laughs> Miami is. I don't care where they're playing the game. It could be on Mars. It could be in Dallas. It could be a Jerry world. I'm going plus 21 against Jason Garrett. It's just a principle I have. I don't think the guy can blow out anybody. And I think the Dolphins, now that Fitzpatrick is gone, he's kind of the last player um, that wanted out. So Tunsil and him are now gone. Now they have truly no talent, but they have no distractions. So I think that actually helps them more than it hurts them. I know it sounds kind of stupid because they lost their best defensive player, but it's less people that want to be leaving that situation. And then in the Jets, I think the Patriots are wildly overrated. The spread should be 18 points. They're four and a half points juiced up because the public is all over them. And I simply just think that they're going to get up like they did against Miami. The big difference here, Miami threw two pick sixes. And that game was a low scoring. New England was up 23-0. Miami could have scored a touchdown and covered that game and ended up going the other way quickly. I think the Jets cover this game. I think there's way too much action on New England. That's It's foolish how big that line is. Wow, that's shocking to me. Let me just tell you, I'm going to drop the course. Not so fast, my friend. The Jets put up three points with Luke Falk playing majority of the game. The Patriots have given up, I think, six points the entire season. I don't just I, – I mean, I don't think the Patriots uh, are going to come we're, out and like, we're put up 40. We're watching right now, though. Minshew from Washington State can play quarterback. He's comfortable dropping back and throwing it 50 times. This guy, Falk, same system. He is a better quarterback than they had with Simeon. I think he's an upgrade, honestly. I know that sounds ridiculous because Simeon started a whole season with the Broncos. But give me a guy who's comfortable passing over a guy who's not any day in the NFL. I mean, we're watching it literally right now on Thursday Night Football. Marietta cannot throw the ball downfield. He is incapable of deep throws. Minshew is already better than him. The six-round rookie is better than the second overall pick, specifically just based on the fact he is comfortable looking downfield and seeing his receiver and throwing it 30 yards. Mariota can't do it. Simeon couldn't do it. I think Falk can do it. I think he can get the ball downfield. I got to say, those are very good points. You know, you, you do bring up a lot of interesting things to consider. That offense from Washington State, you know what? They've been doing it for years, and Falk was in that system. So I'm curious. I know he got you know pushed into action in the middle of the game last week, so maybe he wasn't fully prepared. You give him a week. Who knows? I just think when it comes to Jets-Patriots, like Belichick has got a point to fucking prove. And now they're down to the third string quarterback. I just I feel like he's going to come out and be like, I want to embarrass them right now. But why why would he play Tom Brady late in this game? That's a true point, too. Yeah, I mean, there's, this is, there's no this point is, to that. I mean, you're looking at the two teams here. There's wildly different. They're both terrible, obviously, Jets and Dolphins. But the Jets still are waiting for Darnold to return and think they could be competitive, whereas the Dolphins think they're going 0-16. So it's like the Jets could have a cheap shot on Brady if they're going 110% in the fourth quarter. So you have to keep yep. that in, in mind. So, Casley, you put us on the spot for our picks. Which way are you going with the uh, with these two big games? 
Uh, I will tell you, I am taking the favorites, man. (laughs) (laughs) I fade in you boys, which is stupid. If you look historically, you guys went 14 wins, 13 wins, and I went six. So put a little grain of salt in that pick. But I just I can't see any way that these teams don't cover. It's just they're both at home. They're both playing against shitty fucking teams. They're now going to their backup. Some cases, their third string quarterback. I know it's a ton of points. I usually in the NFL make a point of if it's more than 18 points, if you're an underdog, I'm always taking the underdog in the NFL. That's just way too many points. But I think the Dolphins are playing like a fucking college team and the Jets have no quarterback and they're in New England against Belichick. I think if that game was in New York, maybe I would consider covering it. But (laughs) just being, you know what, we'll see. I could be completely wrong. I think the X factor in the Cowboys game is now the switch to quarterback late in the week. Rosen, is he being thrown to the Wolves? I've never seen a quarterback change this late in, in the week. Usually it happens on Tuesday. So yeah. the fact that he's coming on Thursday, I actually think it might be a negative effect on him. I also think he might really be terrible. Um, and so that game actually could be a blowout if he's really, really bad. I mean, I think Fitzpatrick is Fitzmagic and he has the ability <laughs> to do a backdoor cover. Whereas I did not see any of that from Rosen last year. He has no sort of, yeah. uh, Phil Rivers in him, so to speak, um, which I, I could be totally wrong. Maybe he is Phil Rivers, and that's how the Dolphins covered this game. He scores too late for touch, fourth quarter touchdowns or something. Like yeah, that. I mean, we just don't know. So that's something we got to keep in mind. But I don't know. We'll see. And now you guys have the advantage in my uh, in, in terms of overall record here. So you guys might be the sage pickers, and I once like again will be the shitty picker. But we'll see. Um, so with that, Mister Model, if you would be so kind as to review how we did last week. Yep. So before I give the standings, I'm going to give the games that we each picked last week and what the outcomes were. So Coulter went zero and two on his two picks. He had taken Philadelphia minus one and a half against Atlanta. And he had taken as his key pick the Chargers minus two and a half versus Detroit before he switched his pick last minute off off the podcast. So zero and two for him. Kazla, you went one and one. You got your non-key pick incorrect. You had taken Carolina minus six and a half that Thursday night game against Tampa Bay. And then you got your key pick, right? Good job by you. Dallas minus four and a half versus Washington. Well, that was a win. And then I, uh, I got lucky. I, I went two and oh, I got uh, my non key pick, correct. Green Bay minus two and a half. And the key pick Kansas city minus seven and a half versus Oakland came through too. So where the hell are we at right now in terms of standings? You ready for this? Let's hear it. Tied for first. We have Aaron and Coulter. No, I'm sorry. Aaron and Ryan, both with four points. I'm three and one. You are two and two. Ryan, you've done a good job just getting your key picks right. Key so picks, nice baby. Yep. Coulter, you are in last place in this minor competition. You have one point and you have one win <laughs> and three losses. What do you have to say to your, for yourself? You know what? If it keeps, if it, if I keep winning in the in the actual pool where it matters, that's all it. That all I care about, you know, the podcast, I'm going to get it right on the podcast this week. You know, I, I screwed up with the chargers pick and actually, ironically, I switched off the chargers because they were so injured and, and now Philadelphia is like the most injured team. And that's why they ended up losing that game on Sunday night. They have so many injuries all over the field. I was going to say, it's the most ironic th- situation where you can get 14 points out of 17 in our pool, but you somehow managed to go over to in this, this little competition. Oh yeah. I had the Eagles pick wrong and, the, and that was one of my big picks. Yeah. I thought they had it. Peterson versus Quinn a coaching matchup. It doesn't really matter though when your players are as injured as Philadelphia's were. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, okay. So let's segue to this week's pick. Uh, we do want to let everyone know who's listening. We are recording pretty much during the middle of the Thursday night football game. So that game is out. We cannot pick that game. Coulter, since thank, you thank won God. Yeah, I have. So, yeah, I'm going to talk about that when I get to mine. But Coulter, since you won last week, I'm going to let you have the honors, my friend. So go ahead. Start us off with your non key pick. I'm taking one right from the models playbook. I'm taking the Chiefs minus six and a half this week. I think the Ravens defense is overrated. The Cardinals settled for three field goals inside the five yard line on Sunday. That will not happen again uh, unless they're playing the Broncos, who, if you've been watching, have struggled close to the goal line against Oakland and Chicago and are arguably the worst red zone offense I've ever seen. Also for the Ravens, I think it's going to be hard for them to play from behind. I made this point in the preseason when we were talking about Lamar Jackson. I am now all in on Lamar Jackson. I think he's great. I still don't think he's going to be able to come down or come from behind if he's down 14 points. If Baltimore covers, they will have won the ground game, dominated the clock, but I don't see the Chiefs letting this one become a ground game. Um, This is not 
a team that wants to play physical in the trenches. This is a team that wants to blow you out. I think that's what they're going to do. I also think the Chiefs defense is improving. They held the Raiders to 10 points last week on the road. And I just don't think this line is high enough. If you look at the spread last week, Oakland hosting Kansas City, Kansas City seven and a half point favorite. That means that Oakland would have been a 13 and a half point road dog at Arrowhead. Are the Ravens really seven points better than the Raiders on the same field? I don't see that. Give me the Chiefs six and a half. Mr. Model, what do you think? I cannot agree more. I am 100% on board with this Kansas City pick. I'm, I'm done. I mean, I haven't faded the Chiefs. I'm 2-0 and on picking them so far. And I'm, I don't see a reason to fade Kansas City. I, I, usually I'm against riding the public wave, but I'm all in on riding the public on this one. I will I'm not s- fade the Chiefs until they until they. <laughs> Fuck! I'm seeing a lot of grimaces from the man over there, Ryan. Fuck! I am completely on the other side of this, which which worries me. <laughs> I So... Oh God, this bothers me. But the reason I'm picking Baltimore and you make a really good point, Coulter, I have no idea what Lamar Jackson can do if he's trailing. And I have a feeling they're going to be trailing in this game. The Chiefs offense is just that good. They put up points in fucking record number of times. Like last week against the Raiders, they scored four touchdowns in one quarter and Patrick Mahomes made it look really fucking easy. I've just been high on Baltimore. Like you guys are high on Kansas City. I've owned both my picks with Baltimore so far. I think they can do things on offense that we don't know. And six and a half points that's, is a lot. That's the X factors. What can they do with that ground game? Yeah. How can they wield it to their advantage? We'll see that it's, I'm willing to bet Kansas city. Cause I don't think they have what you're saying. You're saying they have some sort of X factor. I don't see them having that, but you, you could be right. Yeah. It, it, I have no idea on this one too, but I just think that's a lot of points. I, I think that she's win this game, but I'm curious to see if the Ravens can keep it close. So I don't like where I stand being against both of you guys right now, but I'm, I'm taking the other side. Uh, Mr. Model, who is your first pick? So for my first non-key pick, I'm going to the Daniel Jones shop. I'm taking Tampa <laughs> Bay minus six and a half. Oh, you fucking flipped it on me. I thought you were picking the Giants. Oh, you dirty dog. Oh, the model is all out on the Giants. I <laughs> think this is a lock of the century. I just don't see Daniel Jones in his first game as an NFL starter doing much of anything. I think Tampa Bay's defense is rapidly improving. I like to see uh, some improvement from the offense. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to cover this and cover this easy. And uh, that's going to be my first pick. Coulter, what do you think? Uh, The model and I are in lockstep agreement. I mean, Todd Bowles is the defensive coach of Tampa Bay. He's not going to let Daniel Jones come down to Tampa Bay and just pick that defense apart. He's going to give him a great, great defensive scheme that Jones will not be able to solve. He doesn't have pass catchers either. You have to think about that. The Giants, Tate suspended, Shepard coming back from injury. The other point that keeps being raised by the talking heads is how Jones might affect Barkley. I'm going to wait to see, you know, I'm going to wait to see a week. I'm going to take Tampa here. If Jones is the real deal, I'll happily bet the giants next week, but I'm going to, I'll pay to find out to see what he's like. I'm definitely riding Tampa Bay at home. That deep sigh you hear is me fading the two smart people (laughs) on the podcast. Once again, uh, I'm just, I'm on board. I think he can do more things. I mean, I think Jameis Winston, six and a half point favorite. You're you're insane for taking that. But on the flip side of it, rookie quarterback going against, I think one of the league's best defensive coaches. I, give me the defensive coach against the rookie quarterback. Yeah, and all that makes a lot of sense. I'll be honest with you guys. I just I think that Daniel Jones opens up this offense. I think he fits Dan or uh, Shermer's offense more. I think it allows him to do more things. It also allows Saquon to have more of an impact on the game. Before I watched both these Giants games and they were stacking the box against Saquon and he still was able to rip off these crazy runs. I think even a shred of some kind of passing threat opens things up a lot for that offense. And I'm just on board, man. I'm on the Daniel Jones train. So I'm uh, once again on the other side of you two guys. Choo, choo. <laughs> is that your best bet? Is that your two point pick? It is not. <laughs> I am not on that crazy man. So, um, yeah, that that's where I stand right now. But we'll see. Uh, all right, my first pick, and I've changed this a few different times. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the club, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I am picking the two and O undefeated San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> I'm picking them against Pittsburgh. 
No Ben Roethlisberger. We got Mason Rudolph, who is similar situation as Daniel Jones, rookie quarterback, stepping into a, a tough situation. San Fran just went on the road to, I think, a shitty Bengals team and just absolutely lit the skies up. I think Jimmy G is stepping into a good situation here. I'm them to cover six and a half. I think way too many points similar to the, the Jameis Winston. I'm going to take the points, but I'm not going to take them with Jimmy G. It's just so many points for a guy who I feel like could implode and have a I'm watching the Thursday night game here and looking at Mariota. Where's Jimmy G right on the Mariota scale? I'm, I'm so hesitant to take a guy like that with six and a half points. Cause I feel like he can implode at any moment. Uh, I think the Steelers now with Minka Fitzpatrick, by the way, you've got Devin Bush as a linebacker, Minka Fitzpatrick as a corner, and TJ Watt as a D lineman. They're stacked at all levels of that defense. I think the defense is good. It hasn't been good so far this year, but I think it is a solid unit. I think they're going to shut down San Francisco, who played that Bengals team that you just mentioned. That's the worst defense in the league. So yeah. it's hard to grade San Francisco right now. Uh, Pittsburgh is obviously in the dumps, but. I don't know. I just, it's too many points of Jimmy G and I, I like Pittsburgh Steve. model. I am on Casley. I'm with you on this one. I'm taking San Francisco minus six and a half. <laughs> All right. I think that, my rap that's what's filled. James and Jimmy <laughs> G with six and a half. That's a one of one. <laughs> um, my, my rationale here with, with Mason Rudolph starting for Pittsburgh, uh, you know, again, uh, new quarterback coming in. Let's see how he does. I just think that I don't have much faith in that. It's a lot of variance to me. So I'm taking uh, more of a consistent thing with Jimmy G, who's been playing in the league for a number of years. Obviously, quarterback is only a small portion of kind of why these lines get created, but I'm there. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I like I like San Francisco at home in this spot. Yeah, I mean, they put up a ton of points. So I, I think they can they'll continue to do that. Pittsburgh's defense looked terrible the past couple of weeks, so. I just think they can outscore them here and, and are, are going to cover that one. So I, I think an interesting point too. And I think, I don't know if this has been made on the ESPNs or not, but I think that Fitzpatrick trade is an important thing to highlight here. Cause they obviously have faith in Rudolph going forward to make that trade. They don't think they're going to be picking in the top 10. Otherwise they wouldn't have made that trade. So yeah. that organization has faith that they not only can cover the spread here, but can get back to one and two. So Again, the points is just too many for a team. Pittsburgh thinks they can go in and win that game, and I think they can too. So it's just a heavy proposition. All right, that's fair. So for our key picks, Coulter, start us uh, off, man. All right, best bet of the week, Seattle minus four and a half at home, hosting Teddy Two Gloves. Let's go through <laughs> this one really quickly. The Saints' most brutal start of the season of any team in the NFL. Texans, Rams, at Seahawks. That's the hardest schedule in the league. I will not hear another case for another team. They must be exhausted. They're on the road. Let's go to point number two, most importantly. Teddy Checkdown. This guy throws five <laughs> yards per pass. He is not a deep ball thrower, as I was just talking about with Minshew and Falk. If they are down in this game, they are going to go down hard. Seattle will shut down the run. They're going to make him beat them. He's not going to do it. I do not like Taysom Hill. I'm finally getting off the Kyler Murray mountain. This is my new hill to die on. Taysom Hill is not good. This is a gimmick. It's not going to work. I don't understand what Sean Payton is doing here. I don't question his genius. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. But this is something that will just simply not work. Him and Teddy Bridgewater are, I keep hearing that this is a great quarterback duo. Pass, hard pass, offensive question marks all over the field. What is the Saints offense with a limited running game? If they if they can't get Kamara going, what do they look like on offense? It's just Thomas and Kamara. They're relying too much on Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith. I think this is a terrible, terrible offense uh, if Kamara is not running the football because I think then Thomas gets depleted his value. I think Seattle rolls. Mr. Model? I'm on board with that. I like that pick a lot. It's not my key pick. But it did come across as a one of the possibilities. I am fully on board with Seattle minus four and a half. Yeah, let's make it a trifecta, boys. I'm on board. I just don't just, see how New Orleans can can uh, even compete in this game. I don't understand how head coach Taysom Hill is on the front line of their kick return on Sunday. I'm watching the game from the comfort of my couch, and now Sean Payton, Super Bowl winning head coach, is telling me through the media that that same guy I saw block on a kick return last Sunday is going to play quarterback for him on Sunday against Seattle. I'll take Seattle every day of the week. Period. Yeah. The guy played I don't think pick off return front line. He was a blocker. 
I think Seattle's been a little up and down. I mean, they obviously struggled against Cincinnati week one, uh, but they're always a slow starting team. I don't think they really come into their own until a little later in the season. Anyway, I'm with Dad. I just don't see the, how they lose this game. So I'd like that pick. Mr. Model, who is your key pick, sir? All right. I am going the L.A. Rams minus two and a half at Cleveland. So this is going to be my key pick of the week. Um, I actually like this spot for the L.A. Rams. They've put up 30 points in the week one, 27 points uh, in week two. I actually see them doing something very similar in week three, and I'm just not sure Cleveland's going to be able to get there either, especially with Baker Mayfield having a little bit of a turnover illness that he's not going to be able to shake. So I think the Rams defense is actually going to show up here and play pretty well. You know, they're definitely going to get up, give up some points, but if the Rams offense can hit 27 or 30, I think those guys cover. I don't see Cleveland getting past 24. So they are going to be my key pick of the week. I'm going LA Rams minus two and a half. Coulter, what do you think? I do like this pick because I think this is one of the biggest coaching mismatches of the week. I've not been impressed with Freddie kitchens whatsoever. And I think McVay is obviously one of the best coaches in the league. The one concerning factor is Jared Goff on the road. He was abysmal last year away from Los Angeles. He wasn't great in Carolina earlier this season. And quite frankly, Cleveland didn't show up in their home opener. So their fans really want to see something. So this is going to be a hostile environment, Sunday night game, the environment. Uh, I hate that it's two and a half. I'd feel a lot better if it was a pick Um, If I, I would pass if I was in Vegas in the pool, I think I'm taking the Rams, but it's a close one. Yeah. I've also got the Rams here as well. Uh, you know, besides the really big electric slant to Odell Beckham, which we've seen a million times as giants fans, Cleveland's offense did not show up against the jets and the jets defense is pretty good. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, I don't think they've got it coming all together. Baker doesn't quite look like he's bringing it all together in his second year. I just don't see how they keep up and score with the Rams. Like the model said here, I like the Rams two and a half. I don't have it as my key pick, but I think that was a pretty convincing pick for me. I just, I can't see the Browns scoring with, with the Rams. And if you look at the Rams, when they played uh, in Carolina, I think that's uh, an an apt comparison here. You know, you're going to go up against a team that's desperate for home win. That's got a pretty good defense. And the Rams, I think are just going to outscore them. Yeah. I I think if, if they can get to 27 to the models point, I don't see I don't see Cleveland getting to 27 on that Rams D. I mean, Aaron Donald's the best player on the field, so it's going to be a hard day for them. And th- their offense is very unimpressive on Monday night against the Jets. I agree. Yeah. The Jets have a ton of injuries too. They, they benched their cornerback. They've had two linebackers that are out. So, yeah. Uh, Mr. Model, before I reveal my key pick, can you just do me one quick favor and reiterate for the listeners who my key pick was last week? Your key pick last week was Baltimore. Minus six and a half at Miami. Okay. Sorry. No, no, that's false. That was, that was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, right? Your pick last week, you, you were a trader and you took Dallas minus four and a half versus Washington, which you got correct. Terrific value. That line went up to seven. Yep. So call me a sage picker. Call me what you will. Call me Benedict Arnold because I'm doing it again. I'm on the Cowboys. We talked about the historical spread. It's a massive number. I covered it at length. They're covering this spread. I don't see how Sam Rosen comes into Dallas with that offense, that shitty defense that just traded away their best defensive player. I watched the Giants get ripped to shreds in that field. And I think the Giants are better than the Dolphins. I know the spread wasn't that big, but they got shit on as well. They've got weapons. I think fucking Zeke is going to run wild on these guys. I think Dak Prescott is going to pick them apart. I know we talked about earlier. I just don't see how the Cowboys do not cover this spread. <laughs> Didn't Jerry Jones say a couple weeks ago they were treating September like the preseason or something like that? They've, yep. they've kept Elliott on account. So I honestly think Pollard, if you're doing a fantasy thing, I think the backup is more valuable than Elliott right now. I think they're still very much easing Elliott into the offense. So, yeah, that is I, something to monitor. It's similar to Brady getting out. hurt against Pittsburgh. They just don't want to get Elliott hurt this point yeah. of the year. It's not worth it. And I can easily see this being a game where they jump out quick and they're up 21, nothing. And then the backups come in, which is a little bit of a risky play if I'm taking 21 and a half, but I just don't think the dolphins, even the backups are going to beat the dolphins. What do you think model? You know, you have me worried on this one. So I, like I said earlier, I'm taking Miami plus 21 and a half just because it's the number of points are so huge, but I'm, 
This could be one that I flip flop on right before <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as of Sunday morning. I, I had actually hadn't heard that Rosen was starting. I thought Fitzpatrick was still the one starting. Yeah, it's unprecedented that they went to the quarterback this late. And I agree with the model. This is definitely one as it sits in over the next couple three days, I might switch it on Sunday morning. The discomfort of going to Rosen this late in the week is just like I can't get over how bad of a move that is. And it shows to me that their coaching staff is discombobulated and that there's bigger problems there that, than just the talent on the field and the owners and the managers is that they can't even pick who their quarterback is on the right time. I mean, th- these guys should know when in the week they're letting their players know who's starting, right? Especially a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're really in one full day of practice with him. So it's just, so, it's so bizarre. And it's a I very odd listen- move. Yeah. And just to let the listeners know, uh, the lines that we pick here, they're, they're locked from the opening lines. So I wouldn't be surprised if by the time you guys are all listening to this podcast, that sharp betters have bit, jumped yeah. up on, yeah, on Dallas and changed this line a little bit. Cause like you said, Rosen's there and they've traded Minka Fitzpatrick. They're a hot fucking mess. I just don't see it, man. I'm, I'm a perpetual, uh, Amari Cooper hater. And with Gallup out, I actually don't know how Dallas gets the ball down the field as quickly as Baltimore and new England have. So I kind of actually question how vertical they can get without the, the uh, second year player, Michael Gallup, but we'll see. I mean, that's Jason Garrett. I with 21 points. I, I, I can come up with a list of ways where they don't cover it in my head. It's just like, I, <laughs> and that's one of the many it, it, is that they're just not explosive on offense at all. I, I, I can honestly see the game being 20, 28, 10. I, I mean, it really, I really could. Oof, I don't want to see that. Give me 31 10. Actually, that's not enough either. Yeah, I need 33 10. Yeah. I'm good at math. <laughs> I, I will say there is a great betting opportunity. We didn't talk about We talked about Eli at the top. Adam Vinatieri has been missing field goals left and right, extra points. The Colts are getting one and a half. I feel like every game that they're in, there should be a pick em or something with Vinatieri. I mean, we don't know when he's going to make it. So I just wanted to bring that one out. I'm, I'm taking Atlanta in the points because I just, I can't trust the kicker at this point. It's the yeah. first time I've ever made a pick on a kicker, but I, it's, yeah. it's actually messed my opinion up of the Colts significantly. Cause I, I actually was high on them entering the season, but whew, what a horrible situation that is. Yeah. I'm on board with you there. I, I've got them picked as well. I was, you can't rely on a kicker. And I'm actually surprised that Vinatieri with, uh, you know, the career that he's had, hasn't decided just to walk away. Like, I think when you know you're done, you're done. And he seems to be fighting through it. Yeah. I thought he was, he said something on Sunday, like I'll meet with the media on Monday. And then he just decided to come back. I thought he was going to retire finally, but yeah, an impressive career. I had to mention it because we talked about Eli and him stepping out. And I think it's time for Adam Benetieri to sign off as well. Indeed. Well, boys, I hope one of us takes the crown once again. And I hope a second one of us comes in second. Hopefully I do better than six fucking picks correctly, but that's gambling, my friends. So that is episode 49 Coulter model. Thanks for joining us. See everybody next week. Thank you so much. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Fucking All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.